All right, everybody, welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and KT. And we are back with another episode. Today, we have a very, very special guest, Kilo. Hello. Do you still have your podcast, the regular podcast? It's still available to listen to, but I don't actively record right now. I I moved over to YouTube. I do DIY videos now. Oh, Larry, go go plug your stuff, man. On YouTube, it's called Build and Destroy Daily. So you can go over there if you want to see somebody, a brand new DIY type of guy. I'm not building yeah. houses yet, but I just installed. A, I, I do some things, though. Check me out. All right. So check cool. them out. Build and Destroy on YouTube. And uh, what's your social media handles? Social media. Catch me on Twitter at the reg podcast that's the reg podcast at or at the reg podcast on twitter and um you can check my website www.broinc.org that's my nonprofit broinc.org bit 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 all right um check them out for sure uh you hit us up on our social medias kt is at kt underscore does art i'm at gabbeats music and we have changed all of our social media handles now to at building our pwr we'll do a whole separate episode on this whole rebrand but that's what it is now it's no longer talk it out podcast everything is building our pwr all right, KT, I'm going I'm to let you take over. Go okay, ahead. so um, today I will be the moderator. Uh, basically, I'm just going to be asking the questions and making sure that we kind of stay on, te- stay on topic. Um, but let's just start it off. Our Today's topic is going to be about ADOS. So if we can just start it, what, what exactly is ADOS? If you can explain it, we'll just start with Gabby and then we'll go over to Kilo. Uh, ADOS is a descriptor of uh, a certain type of people in America, uh, American descendants of slavery. So, black people whose ancestors were slaves in America. And it's really just a more uh, descriptive characterization of a, a certain set of people. There's black people... That's everybody who identifies as black in America. And then there are people, black people, whose descendants were actually slaves and, you know, were exploited, yada, 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 yada. So. Kilo, yeah. do you agree that that's consentent? Consensus. Consensus on the definition of ADOS. Yes, that's the definition based on lineage, but then they also have an organization and that's a political organization based around fighting for reparations for the group that Gabby just described. Yep, that's it. Definitely. Okay, and so for both of you guys, do you um do you claim do you claim ADOS? Yes, do, I mean, I guess my question to would be, do you claim ADOS? Yes or no, and why or why not? I mean, as a description, yes, obviously my ancestors were slaves. I've Tried to track them, and it stops at a certain point. They were slaves. So, yes, I am American descendant of slavery. So, yeah. Will I just put that in my bio? I'm not sure right now. But definitely, that is who I am. And why do you think you wouldn't? Just because the the connotations at the moment is kind of cringy. 
But if somebody asks me, like, hey, are you, do you identify with ADOS? Absolutely. My ancestors were slaves. So, yeah. What about you, Kilo? That's my exact same answer. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. Of course, you know, it's, it's like... Uh, it's like Black Lives Matter. You don't need to say it for it to be true. I don't need to claim ADOS to be it. If they gave right. out reparations to ADOS, I would get some. So yes, I am part of it. But I, I, don't, I'm, I don't believe in just joining groups and organizations with, with leaders who, everybody, you know, I, I respect Tone and Yvette, but some of the followers are handling it very gang-like, and that's what yeah. I'm not a fan of. So, but yeah, of course, I'm ADOS and... and if anybody asks, I would dis- I would defend the lineage part of it, not the group, not the not the people on Twitter who say certain things. I would defend the lineage of it. Mm, for sure, definitely. Okay, so you did mention Yvette. So uh, you're mentioning uh, the founder, Yvette Carnell. She's actually a, a a black woman who writes about politics, wealth, and race. She's the founder of ADOS, and so is Antonio Moore. So with that being said, she has said in some of her, um, her videos that she does on YouTube that she would like for people who do claim ADOS to um, have some sort of paperwork in regards to that. So what do you guys say to that? Is that something that, that you would be opposed to or would that be something that you'd be pro to to make sure that everyone is able to get the reparations that they need based on, I guess, that paperwork? Kilo, you can go first. Yeah, I mean, it's very, like, even though, like Gabby said, when you do searches on your family, it stops at a certain time, it's very, very easy for us to figure out if we descended from slaves in America. First of all, because black immigration wasn't really allowed in America until, like, the 60s. So pretty much all the black people who were here, mostly, if they were legal, before, like, 1950, were descendants of slaves, almost all of them, pretty much. So it's very, if your family was here in, in any time in the 1800s, which the census for black people is, is documented in 1870, very good. If you find family in 1870 in America, you are an ADOS. It's very easy to tell. So yeah, I'm not against documentation to show. I think she meant more so for people who want to be chapter members or chapter leaders and stuff like that. As far as reparations go, of course, you would have to prove you belong to ADOS to get reparations, though. But not to, you wouldn't have to prove it to Yvette. You would have to prove it to the government. Mm, okay. Right. What about you, Gary? Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I, I don't see why anybody would be um, against that unless they were not in a, a descendant of slaves and were still trying to hop on the reparations train. Because, I mean, that's, that's, that's basic. And that's an easy way to just figure it out real fast. Um, and then, of course, you'll cipher, decipher some stuff out after. But that, that's the quickest way to kind of filter out a lot of people. Okay, so I kind of uh, am curious because you say that it, it would be a good thing for them to have some sort of paperwork, etc. So my thing is, is that some people are saying that that would uh, marginalize and oppress black communities more often so even in instance where black communities may need more funding and things like that, if you specified it to ADOS, then that may marginalize black communities as a whole in the, in the states and in cities. So do you all think that's true or no? Can you explain more why would, some, why would that marginalize it more? 
I don't, yeah, I don't, so I basically what there's... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I haven't heard that, so I, I don't know the explanation. Yeah, of course. So basically what they say is that... Uh, let's see here. I'm going to read this off. It says, on the cups of Black where, Lives where Matter... Where are you reading that from? Oh, I'm reading this from IBW21.org. Uh, it's an overview of ADOS. On the cups of Black Lives Matter and in the middle of the international decade for people of African descent, a French movement called African Defen or Descendants of Slavery has emerged to systematically fracture black communities and directly attack black unity or pan-Africanism among the U.S. black population. It basically says that it implemented so-called slave papers the end result of these policies that could be created would weaken further marginalized black populations. It says that because uh, ADOS is apparently uh, oftentimes aligned with groups of similar beliefs of the uh, foundational black Americans, which is oh, no. with Tariq <laughs> Nasheed. Uh, and <laughs> despite its claimed reparations focus, apparently ADOS is not a movement that, that has any type of uh, legitimacy. It says it operates sort of like a Trojan horse, and all it does is infiltrate the black community, it hijacks black American identity, and contaminates legitimate causes like the fight for reparations and civil rights. So with that being said, is that something that you guys think too, or is that just garbage? Well, I mean, no. well, I just saw the other day they posted like a little, uh, what do you call it? Like a little caveat or something on their website that said they don't discriminate against. So we'll get into that, but they don't discriminate against sexual orientation, gender, nothing like that. And that they do not associate with uh, Tariq Nasheed. I mean, if you look at the videos, they had a falling out. I'm glad that that's over with because that's what kind of made turn me off because that man is trash. But as far as it, from what I see, Antonio and Yvette, their intentions for the most part are pure. It, in the beginning, it was just explaining you know, the social conditions, the the oppression that a specific group of people had to endure, and how even to this day, that group of people is being overlooked by um, other people, other black people who do not come from the same circumstances. And I think with any movement, you're going to get all types of people. And... Some people have harpered on that anti-immigrant tip, and that has caused some division just in the black community as a whole from that. But I don't know if that can all be attributed to, attributed to Yvette and Tone, because, I mean, you can only say so much, and people can run with it and do whatever. I do think they need to somehow try to get a hold on the people and the messaging, but... That's not the intention, I don't think. What you think, Kilo? Uh, first of all, let's start here. That came that that what you just read, KT, came from a website that is clearly in opposition of ADOS. That's first, right? <laughs> Se second, if you trace the history of that, whoever wrote that, I, I bet you will see a hard line in, in the timeline of when they were not talking about reparations at all, and then when they started talking about reparations as a as a way to debate what ADOS is saying. 
really. What I'm and, and what I'm trying to say is they didn't care anything about reparations before it it became a big deal because of Yvette and Tom. Um, secondly, there's probably two cities in America, New York and maybe Miami. I'm just saying maybe Miami because I, I don't know how, how to break down. I know Florida is, is a lot of mixed black people, right? Maybe two cities in America where there's a significant enough immigrant black population for them to think that giving just a U.S. son would mess everybody up. Maybe, I would say New York for sure, maybe Miami. Maybe D.C., they have a lot of African people in D.C., but I don't think it's just in D.C. That's all the surrounding DMV, right? So are you, they're trying to say you shouldn't give things to ADOS specifically because it, because it might mess everybody else up. So How's that possible? Out. Yeah, people would it's, be it's, left it's, out of that. Right, but it's, it's not possible because right now, all black people are being left out and, and nobody cares. So if you were to give 90 percent of the black people in America something based on what their ancestors went through, it wouldn't hurt the immigrants. It wouldn't hurt the children of immigrants. It would help them out because if you look at spending patterns, we spend our money. We, we, we live heavily on consumerism. And a lot of the businesses in America that are black businesses are, my, are uh, immigrant businesses, black immigrant businesses. We, we know that a lot of the college kids that are being counted as black students a lot of them are immigrants also. So it's not like, even though black people everywhere deal with racism, not all black people in America are even dealing with racism the same way ADOS is. That's not to say that they don't experience it. That's to say what everybody else in ADOS is trying to say is different for us. Why would anybody frame an argument to say, if you guys get something, it'll hurt us? Right. Why would you frame an argument like that anyway? You, the way I see it, Based on if you look at the history of uh, black people throughout the world, the black people in America made, for the most part, besides Haiti, made things happen first, and then it trickled to other countries. When 1865 hit and and we got out of uh, slavery in America, based on the 13th Amendment, it went to public instead of private, whatever. Uh, The other countries in Africa didn't start getting free until 100 years later. And that was mostly based, not mostly, but a, a big portion of that was based on some of the civil rights activists in America marching for African countries. If you remember, W.E.B. Du Bois was one of the biggest uh, speakers in black America in the early 1900s, right? He ended up dying in Ghana and all. He was a big proponent of Africa being free. A lot of people that were in civil rights movements and pan-African movements, that started in America. Right, that's true. It was mostly American black people fighting for the freedom of Africans. They, they, like, if you, I mean, I, I just don't understand how anybody could debate it. We have always been on the side of Africans. It's, it's more recently when we started realizing that these people are pushing back against us trying to get something for us. Right. We, we, we never looked at them like that. So I, well, for the more, I know they like to throw the African booty scratcher joke out there. Like, of course, we, as children, we did say that, but some people, but that wasn't something that our parents told us to say. That was something we learned from TV or whatever. You know, we, we hear a lot of Africans say, my mom told me not to talk to you black people in America. We hear it. Mm-hmm. I see videos of it all the time. They say, we are raised to not deal with black Americans. They are thugs. They disrespect their parents. They'll hurt you. They'll get you sent to jail. I just have, I, I download videos all the time when I see them of, of Nigerians and Ghanaians and a lot of just people from Africa and throughout the diaspora 
them saying specifically, my parents told me not to deal with you. We don't have that in America. Our parents, don't, our parents teach us Africa is beautiful. These are your people. Uh, one day you want to go back to Africa. This is like we fantasize about this type of stuff a lot of times. So I don't understand how anybody could think that, that if black Americans got something that we wouldn't help everybody else get something because all these other countries have claims for reparations too. You would think they would have their own fight right now instead of pushing back against ours. Yeah, that's, that's really what it comes to because it's like, I mean, even if we look at the statistics, like you said, a lot of black immigrants weren't allowed until after the 1960s. And then unless you're like a refugee fleeing from like a war-torn country, from a statistic that I read a while back, Nigerian immigrants are some of the, is the most, one of the most educated populations in the entire United States. They come from wealth. They come from privilege. They, they have it better than an Adolf person would ever have. And so there's two different, it's two different struggles. Like, yes, we're both black. And yes, you may have to deal with racism. Absolutely. But when you have money and you have power and you have connects, it's different. It's, it, it becomes a class thing. And as far as majority of uh, black people that are descendants of slaves, we are still primarily in the working class. We're still not able to reach those types of levels. So, I don't see why people would be pushing back. Like you said, if you're natively from another country that's been oppressed by colonizers, you go to that country and y'all fight for reparations there. But this is a you're coming to a whole nother smorgasbord of, of BS. Like we you can't come in here and try to dictate how people who have been here for four hundred some years try to get they try to get their retribution like i mean i don't even think they should I, i'm not gonna go through let, let me add but to yeah. what you just said because I, I like what you just said gabby i didn't even want to even go there but i will now since you brought it up it's, it's interesting right they're doing what um a lot of times white women in uh in corporate america do right they they don't show when they talk about the pay gap right they use the pay gap as women as a whole versus men as a whole Right. Mm. They won't show the white woman pay gap versus everybody else, right. which white women get paid ten thousand dollars more than black men. They'll mm. show you they'll be, so the reason they do that is because they get to use Hispanic and black women's salaries coupled with theirs, which brings the entire woman's salary down. Down. Yeah. It brings it way down because they make way more than and Asian women make more almost the same as white men. So. It's the same thing as what the, um, a lot of the Africans do. When they come here, they use the statistics of the country they came from to talk about how bad they have. And really, they are not part of that. The reason they came here is because they had the money to come here. It's not cheap to immigrate to America. Not at all. It's, it's not cheap at all. And then they came here, and immediately their parents bought a house. Their, their parents were high-end professionals. The people, they're using the statistics of the lowest of the low people in Nigeria and saying, hey, Nigerians have it like this, but you're in America. You've been in America because your family came here 30 years ago. You're not part of that, that group. Right, right. And you're comparing, they're comparing 
their best and brightest people that came out of Nigeria. They're comparing their top 1% to all of black America. And it's like, hey, we just work hard. We just worked harder than you guys. You need to step it up and stop complaining. When they're essentially comparing, well, if, if, if they had to compare against our Robert Smith, Oprah, Jay-Z, if they had to compare against the top people, you know, Lonnie Johnson, people who we consider our brightest and best, then they, it wouldn't look the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's also unfair. Well, the way they use the numbers, they, they skew the numbers by not telling the whole story. Mm. So I do want to kind of move away from this conversation just a little bit onto another um, topic that you guys had kind of brought up about reparations. Um, so basically, uh, I know that, and I'm going back to World War II, Japanese Americans during World War II were in, in, in uh, who, who were in camp, yeah, internment camps, basically. Uh, and they did actually end up receiving reparations from World War II, okay? And they were not in there as long as slavery happened, okay? Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Why do you think that uh, direct cash payments or even reparations, period, cannot be pushed to black Americans, but it can be pushed to Japanese Americans who were, you know, only in those camps for, for maybe a year or two? Uh, I haven't really studied the process that it that the Japanese uh, took to get that. Do you know anything about that, Kilo? I don't know. The, the only thing that I've heard, because I haven't dug deep in their process of getting it, but what, I, what I've just seen along my way of reading and, and listening and all that, is that the Japanese were able to do it much quicker because they had a nation behind them, which is the oh, reason okay. why people are pushing, so, why Vet and Tone felt like we needed a distinction. Because you can't just say black people because that's, that's too broad. So with Japanese, they, that's very descriptive. That's very direct and explicit as to who was done wrong and who deserves X, Y, Z for that. Right? So that's what this whole ADOS... That's why, that's why you see so many black groups define themselves as, as soon as they come up with a movement. It's because in their mind, it's, we, need a, we need a name or a nation behind us or a large group to help fight for it. You can't just say black. It's not. It almost that's like saying nothing because there's so many, there's more black. It's crazy. It's than anybody. Right. I was gonna say it's crazy to me because the the president that actually signed it into law for them to get, um, you know, direct payments or reparations was actually Ronald Reagan. And we all know how garbage he is. We all know how mm. right wing he is. We all know how terrible he is. And he authorized twenty thousand dollars to each person that was in there from the U.S. government because they were like, "Okay, well, this is obviously racism. Like, this was obviously wrong." So I just don't understand like why it's been so long or why it's been so hard for um, ADOS or black Americans or African Americans in order to get some type of reparation. Like, do you guys think that, I mean, not obviously that you do deserve reparations, but do you think that it's time? And what would be the plan or what would be, what do you think you should get, essentially? Well, going back to that, I just uh, sped read the little Wikipedia page. Apparently, uh, in 1980, they were getting pressure from the Japanese American Citizens League 
I'm guessing that had to be a super big, powerful organization to push uh, for that to get done. They got $1.6 billion, equivalent to $3.4 billion in 2019, to 82,000 Japanese Americans. Well, first of all, you know, they always talk about the price tag. I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot of black people here. It's going to be more than 82,000 folks you giving, uh, or 8,000 people you giving a $20,000 check to. And so I think that's part of it, but, I mean, that's BS. Now, we see that the government can and will print money when they want to. It's just a simple fact that they don't want to. What is the incentive for these white people to give us a penny? Do you think Joe Biden cares? Do you think they, and then, let's get to this. They won't even give us $600. They won't. Not. I mean, that's everybody who who's struggling. You know, they won't even give us six hundred dollars. They had to fight between six hundred two thousand money that was already ours that we paid into taxes. So right. Yeah. And then I mean, let's talk about it. Obama was not a descendant of slaves. He has no connection to that. They don't put people in power that have any type of connection to that lineage or people that would even consider fighting for it. So unless you get somebody that's a vice president or a president who has been through what we've been through, the chances of of accomplishing that are ill because they don't see it as important. They say it's been 400 years ago. They They haven't done the readings to connect slavery from then to now. And they think we just over here... Uh, just uh, throwing a fit. They don't respect us, and they don't respect what we've gone through and what we're still going through. Mm-hmm. I've been trying you know? to tell people that you know. I know y'all probably have seen the argument of, but you guys weren't alive when this was happening, right? And this is what I try right. to tell them: the 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 because there's there's uh, Jim Crow slavery, and there's redlining, and there's everything that's still happening right now. But as far as the slavery portion of it, I wasn't alive. The payment is not for me. The payment is for my ancestors you didn't pay. I'm just going to inherit it. Right. So don't think about it as you, you're giving me money for slavery. No, I'm just inheriting my grandparents' money because it's theirs. That's one, right? Right. Two, the, KT said, why, you know, why think about it? Why haven't they given us what, what we should? Because, first of all, the price tag is almost innumerable. It's too high. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that doesn't have anything to do with us. If they would have gave our people 40 acres and a mule, we wouldn't have that was the reparations. We wouldn't have any conversation right now about reparations. We couldn't even say that wasn't enough. If we accepted it back then, um, that would have been acceptance of uh, recompense for slavery. They just didn't give it to us. That's not our fault. Right. <laughs> That's not our fault that uh, inflation happens. But what what is 40 acres and a mule worth now for the there's 4 million people who got free back then. The million, tens of millions of people now who descended from those people. It's not our fault. They should have given it, given it to them back then. It's not like black people are just asking for reparations. We've been asking for, for 150 years. Right. It's, it's gotten so loud now because Yvette and Tone have been consistently growing and growing and growing, which I don't know if you remember, Gabby. You put me that before we even came up with this ADOS thing. When I was I was talking to y'all on, on Talk It Out podcast, and you told oh, me yeah, go yeah, listen yeah. to this lady, that was 2016. So we've been even listening to her before she even came up with this. 
um, thing when she was on there with Army, who was half Black American and half Nigerian, mm-hmm. um, before they even came up with this. But but yeah, I think that it would include cash payments. It would include some type of long-term tax-free living and income. It would have to include some type of um, education grants, aka scholarships for everybody, full scholarships mm-hmm. for everybody. And I think that it has to include federal government and state governments. I don't think that we can just expect everything to come from the federal government. Some of these states, like a state like Oregon, they didn't even allow black people in the whole state until like the 1920s or something like that. Wow. They, they wow. didn't have slavery. They just didn't allow black people to live there. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So yeah. just think about stuff like, so even um, some of these states that never had legal state slavery, like New Hampshire and things like that, they still had other laws that that kind of led to the disenfranchisement of black people. If you have a state where pretty much white people are moving there and grabbing hundreds of or thousands of acres of land for free, and you're telling black people they can't come at all, just don't even come, don't cross the line or we'll kill you, you owe reparations also. And a, a couple of those Western states were like that. So yeah, we need, we need land, we need money, and the money should be what they say, 19 trillion or more. It should be. Mm-hmm. It's just, it should sound ridiculous. The number should be so yeah. high. It sounds ridiculous, right? Payments, education, land, etc. Whatever event and tone can come up with, because they have Sandy Darity on on, on the um, working with them also, who was an expert economist and has been studying reparations for decades. Whatever they come up with, I'm I'm with that. Um, it's something I've, do you have some, I was going to say, they do actually have a roadmap to uh, reparations on their website. It's ados101.com. So if you guys did want to look at it, you definitely could. Um, they basically just tell you what their thoughts are on, or what their thoughts on it, on it, and what they expect to kind of, you know, be the option to go through with reparations. So, uh, something I find that's interesting, we're talking about, uh, these leftist socialist communist spaces that are predominantly white, predominantly men. These people, they can understand exploitation from corporations, but when you tie it to, let's go back to slavery, and let's talk about how this entire country exploited the labor of black people for hundreds of years, and there needs to be some type of retribution for that, then you lost them. I'm trying to see where the disconnect is, Katie, because you're white and you're a leftist. Mm-hmm. How can they see that a boss paying you $7 an hour to work at a warehouse where they make billions of dollars in profit is wrong and should be overthrown and should not exist? But when it comes to slavery, they may say it's wrong, but they don't think that anything should be done about it as far as... um, reparation yeah that's a good question so why do i think they do that i think they do that because of the same reason that uh uh, white men and white people were over unions uh whenever unions were a big thing like back in the the 50s and 60s um and i say that because white people i guess in in our brains it's just 
put on us that, oh, we're always going to be in power. Oh, we're the powerful ones. Oh, we're the powerful ones. So we always have this thought in our brain that, oh, one of these days, one of these days, we're going to be a millionaire. We're going to be a billionaire like the boss, right? And so you give white people uh, just an inch of power, and you ignore the fact that racism exists, and you ignore the fact that uh, there have been black communists, black leftists, specifically black women leftists, who have made a a detriment, or not a detrimental, but have made a a huge important pact on uh, impact on how communism and leftist spaces are now today. That's that's what you get. You get those gross men or gross women who think that um, who think that the only road to uh, I guess reparations or or solidarity is through class reductionism. Who think that the only road to that is going to be to you know, ignoring the needs of people who have actually been oppressed. Not you, Joseph, not you, John, not you, Janet, not you, Karen, who's actually been oppressed have been black people in America, have been queer people in America, have been people of color in America. And so I think that's really where it is. They they just think they they hold the power, so why not? And Kilo, I'll ask you this because I, I saw this trash guy. We talk about him all the time, Vosh. He's a he's an apparently apparently a libertarian socialist, whatever the heck. But he he did it. He went all the way through from slavery to Jim Crow to uh, the stuff we going through now. He hit every mark. But when it came to the end of it, he said, "I don't think it should be a cash payment. I think reparations should come through governmental <laughs> programs and uh uh." some bull stuff like that. What do you think about people that say that, that it shouldn't be a cash payment, a check. It should just be uh, going to college for free, getting, uh, you know. That's racism. Let me tell you why. First of all, let let me go back and add one more thing to why are we not receiving it like other people have, receiving reparations like other people have, right? No other group who fought for reparations had people within that group loudly telling everybody we don't need it. Mm. We, we have a lot of black people. And so, and you know, immigrant black people and black American physically and phenotypically, we look exactly the same. You can't tell us apart. So if a black person gets famous and they're a child of an immigrant, they just look like a black person. So if they get on right. CNN and say, we don't need this, we need to get out here and work hard, the, commu- the, the society at large will say, look at this black person. They did it. You need to go out and work. You don't need reparations. Okay, that's first. Oh, that, that's to add to the last answer I gave. But then with this whole people saying we don't need cash payments, that goes back to the whole um, you know what's best for us as a white person. Right. Because you think that if we get money, we'll do something stupid with it. Even if we did, if I, if I got $10 million and I went and bought 30 million water bottles, that's my money to do it. It shouldn't matter yeah. what I do with my money. So that, I think that's where that comes from. The whole idea that black people don't know how to handle money is where that whole you don't need money thing comes from. And on top of the fact that every single person who thought about reparations critically, they know that the number is going to be so large that it doesn't make sense. That's, that's why. They're scared of it. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's something interesting, too. Like, the fact that, first of all, this white man saying what I don't need. Right. Secondly, my ancestors for 400 years had no days off were beaten 
nearly to death, forced to work when they were pregnant, when they didn't have limbs, when they were sick. If I want to spend all my money on the most frivolous thing, that is my right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're, you're doing me a favor by giving me something like that's like me working for a job and you finally paying me 40 years later and you saying well you better not spend this you're not gonna <laughs> tell me what to do with this money right or tell me you're not gonna pay me or tell me you're not gonna pay me because no you don't actually need money for the work you can go to school and keep working for, for nothing what right it's crazy what you're you're telling me think about this the people that saying go to school they're acting like we already don't know college is a scam. <laughs> so I'm going to school for what exactly? To struggle some more? No. No. Their reparations number should be so high that black people can be able to live comfortably in this society and be able to go to college if they want to and be able to get loans for businesses if they want to. That's just a tag along. But Mind. Let me add to it also, uh, and then I want to ask you some real quick, KT. You, also, what I just said about the black immigrants that get on TV and say we don't need this, and really they have no claim to it at all. There's a lot of white people who weren't here either, at, in, yep. in, when slavery was going on, and they they just look white, so they, we just assume they're white Americans. They don't have an accent, so hey, they must be American. They must have some type of say so in this because they're white. They had. They weren't here either. A lot of these people came from immigrant ch children too, or grandpa their grandparents most likely were, were immigrants, and they have not. They don't even have anything to do with the Confederate South. They weren't here, so people who were not involved at all have the most to say about it. Yep. If your grandparents, like a lot of people, like to throw out, my grandparents didn't own slaves. Well, why are you talking about it then? Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of white people whose grandparents did own slaves. Like, are we trying to act like they, that, that it didn't happen or what? So you got a lot of a lot of people who just want to give um, input on it and input or opposing it when they don't even have any valid critiques of it. Besides, you just don't need it. Just go work hard. That's not a critique of reparations. It's a payment. Now, KT, was your family here before the Civil War? Oh gosh. Um... Trying to think. We did. We recently did a um, a thing on what what's that website Ancestry. called? Ancestry. Um, but I can't go back very far on my dad's side at all. Um, I don't think that they were. Mm. But what I do know is is that my mom's side is definitely from Mississippi. They definitely were racist, and they definitely owned slaves. Okay. So, with that being said, yeah, I mean, they're pretty much garbage on that side. But on my dad's side, <coughs> not that I know of. Okay. Maybe black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so you would have something. You wouldn't have nothing to say no way either. No, but it's not my place. As far as, you're right, Kilo, and I wasn't thinking about that. They be having, literally, any a white person... They daddy just came from Russia like 30 years ago talking about what black folks don't need. Right. These people are crazy. <laughs> you have any other, other questions before I go on 
Um, there was no other questions. Uh, well, let's talk about uh some of the controversy with the ADOS thing real quick. And okay, well, there was one other thing that I did want to mention <laughs> uh, with the ADOS thing. So, um, apparently, and again, this is from the IBW21.org website because I want it to be controversial, but um, ADOS leaders apparently use work of deceased black leaders like Queen Mother Audley Moore and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in their campaigns in order to build trust in the black community. With that being said, basically what they say uh, is that they are using her, uh, their, their, what do you call it? They're basically co-opting her movement is what they're saying. Uh, they're co-opting her movement and turning it into a white supremacist movement to get the black vote. Uh, and so... <laughs> I did hear about that. Like, what uh, they say is that apparently Yvette works with... Um, she works with fake progressive front and organizations linked to white nativist, supremacist, and eugenic supporters of John Tayton. So um, I guess that's kind of my, my question surrounding that is, is Yvette good? Is what she's saying always right? Are we always going to listen to her? Or like, what, what, where do we stand with Yvette herself? I guess I should ask. Uh, first of all, this is typical political stuff right here. So what they do is, <clears throat> if, just like, um, let's say if I decide to get into politics, right? Right now, if I decide I'm going into politics, they'll say, he has been a guest on a communist platform, and he is anti-American because I'm on this show right here. That's that's right. just how they do it. Right. They don't like so. Yvette could have had a conversation with somebody one time, and then, or, or she could be part of a, you know, I know she is part of um, an organization that is about American labor, and some of the people that lead it are white supremacists. But it just happens to also discuss American labor, which black people have a problem getting jobs in America. So that movement could benefit black americans but since there are races in it they're going to tie her to it to the races and say she's mm -hmm. part of um their agenda but i'll say that i don't listen to anybody 100 i think there's good ideas from all parts of uh of, of of the black progressive movements first of all yvette is not saying that she invented black liberation ideas so to say right. that she is co-opting somebody else's movement, that person laid a groundwork or laid a foundation and somebody picked it up and is running with it. What's wrong with that? That's what we are supposed to do. You can't say right. some, a black person that wants to be free took Harriet Tubman's ideas. That's, that doesn't even make sense. Like, <laughs> nobody can invent the idea of liberation for people who are being oppressed. So I just think that um, some people, they're just, they're just looking for any type of way. And they are, I think they're being funded by some high powerful people they're looking for any type of way to shut this whole thing down or to um mix and confuse everybody by just throwing out as many things as they can about Yvette and just hoping that something sticks and the whole thing falls apart that's what i think yeah and i saw that uh like there was a hashtag ados is maga like um around the time the election was about to start and you know Yvette and was saying, uh, you know, telling folks not to vote for Joe Biden, but vote down ballot democratically. And I was for it anyway, because, you know, I don't, I don't really get down with voting no way. But uh, they were saying, well, y'all are working for Donald Trump because y'all are telling black folks not to vote. 
And I'm like, are we still on this kindergarten level of logic at this point? Like, at a certain point, we got to just use our brains. Somebody telling somebody to not vote for somebody who is not doing something specifically to address your needs does not mean they're working for the Republican Party. And even like, um, yeah, I mean, you can look at somebody, look at somebody's funding and say, yeah, that's kind of shady. Um, maybe we should look into this. Uh, it's not the best look. You know, I'm always curious about who's funding who. But if the the uh, core of their message is something that is pure and right and they're actually doing something actively. I mean, they get Cornell West. Everybody loves Cornell West. Even he on board with with the, the core of the message. I think that that should be more important than who had lunch with who, who got money from who, who, you know. And because that, unless... Okay, sorry, ahead. sorry, sorry. Go ahead. You good? Go ahead. Oh no, Yvette, they, they haven't even gotten money from anybody, any any big organizations. They get all their money from uh, donations and they're about to start having chapter members pay dues because they don't have a lot of money. So I don't understand yeah. this. They're, they, I think people take a whole bunch of different arguments and throw them together and just hope that it'll stick with, with uh, Yvette. Yeah. And and it's, it's unfortunate because it, it kind of... Um... Like you said, it takes away from the message. But then also, some of that framing around uh, ADOS being MAG or whatever is because of the followers. Some of them are going on tangents and doing their own thing. I don't. What do you think can be done about that, Kilo? Because, I mean, if you get chapters and, and they're converting more people to the movement or whatever, you're going to have these fringe people... And they're they're starting to tarnish some of the the good that's being done. Okay, do do uh, KT and Gabby? Do y'all think black people are a monolith? No, not at all. Okay, <laughs> but we no nobody thinks black people are a monolith, right? And specifically the black people that are writing the IW the the thing that you read, KT, right? They don't think black people are all one way. They know black people are not all one way. But when it comes to ADOS, if everybody is not doing the exact same thing, they say. They, they go pick a person that said they support Trump and say ADOS supports Trump. Mm. That's, what, that's what they do. So we can't, we know that, first of all, if we know anything, we, we know as black people, Gabby, we know what's really going on with black people. There's a lot of different type of black people, right? Whole yeah. lot of different types. Some, some black, if you go to a cookout, some of those black people might say, man, I'm effing with Trump. You, yeah, my I mean, family members. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that's just that's how black people are. We have so many different types of people. They might start an argument about, and then half the cookout might even say, "I mean, he right. Trump giving us mm-hmm. that 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 money." So it's not like, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people on the internet are younger, more progressive people, but the majority of black people are are a little bit older. Or, or yep. uh, there's a lot of older black people, and they think they they are fully down with the law and order presidents. If, yeah. if you know, so what I'm trying to say is, ADOS is a lineage. Nobody is more ADOS than somebody else, unless you talk, you know, mixed people or whatever. But nobody's more ADOS than either you are or you're not. Mm-hmm. Some of the people in that group, some of them might support X Y Z, some of them might support J K I or whatever. You know, they, they 
we can't think that everybody's about to follow one way of thinking just because they descend from American slavery. That right. just does not make sense. Anybody who is framing an argument like that is only trying to cause confusion and to shut the whole thing down. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, that was all that I had today. Uh, I definitely appreciate you guys providing your insight on that. Gabby, do you have anything else that you would like to talk about? Um, I think that was the main thing. I, um, yeah, th- those were the main things. I, I think that it's an important movement. I just don't want it to get derailed. Because we know leftist spaces can get derailed in a heartbeat. Uh, this isn't even a leftist space, but just the fact that you're fighting for black people, it automatically like makes it like not centrist and radical. So I just don't want it to get derailed, and I and I hope that you know they stay on message and they're able to actually get stuff done. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping for the best and, and I'm hoping that they can, they can continue to, to convert more ADOS people because it's, we're still fighting against the mainstream narrative at this point, but you know, I'm hopeful and, and I'm gonna keep watching from the sidelines and, and, uh, retweeting stuff when I need to, uh, anything else, Kilo? Uh, yeah, if anybody is listening to this and they are part of ADOS, I hope, because my, my, what I hate always is looking back at other movements and hundreds, hundreds of years ago, what always happens is these groups splinter from the inside, and then 50 years later, we'll find out this was some FBI person that got in there and did this. But right. the reason it, it, it always happens because too often we spend too much time. We, we say that the fight is against racism and white supremacy and the, the system that put us in the situation. But then we go forward and the biggest fights happen between from one black person to another. When I saw Tariq and Yvette get into the situation of back and forth, I was like, what? this is a waste of time because now, and I don't agree with Tariq and the stuff that and a lot of his followers, they just follow him, but they just say whatever he says. Mm-hmm. The FBA thing is... To me, what I've been seeing on Twitter lately, that's the main fight now that I see a lot of uh, ADOS people dealing with on Twitter. It's huh. like it's like I see all day, every day, people saying, "We got to get rid of FBA." You got to like I'm like, why the fight is about reparations and, and ending a lot of this stuff that white supremacy put us in. I don't see any. I, I, well, I should see more of the energy towards the politics that we set up and said was the enemy. Right. That should be right. the focus. Like, let's just stay focused on it. I always say, this is my saying that I, that I came up with when I started my nonprofit. Find a leader with a plan, follow the plan, not the leader. Because yep. if you follow the leader, if the leader get corrupt, gets corrupt, the entire thing falls apart. Look at Marcus Garvey's situation. We don't even know if he was corrupt, but they said he was corrupt, and that whole thing fall, fell apart. Yeah. I mean, look at Huey Newton. I was just reading about him exactly. last night. Exactly. I mean, it. It. Yeah. That's so, the, yeah. Follow the plan. It's the plan is is what makes the most sense. That's why it's good that ADOS they have a website and they have the roadmap and they have you know their ideas on here. So let's just say they get knocked off, whacked or whatever, put in jail because somebody said that they had a cult full of children or something like that. We should be able to still continue fighting for reparations without them in place. 
Look at what happened when Martin Luther King got killed. Disco came and it was over. Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying. Think about it. Disco ain't got nothing to do. No, I'm not saying. I'm saying that that was something that just. It, it was like it became party time after that. It was like, okay, affirmative action is here. We are done fighting because Martin Luther King is not here. They they yeah. stopped fighting when he was when he was done fighting because he died, or he got killed. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was done. Like that was our last big movement was then. See, and that's why I uh I'm tired of and I'm glad that as younger generations as we're coming up, we're realizing we don't need a leader. Like I remember like throughout the nineties and stuff, everybody was like, Who's gonna be the next Martin Luther King? Who's gonna be the next Malcolm X? And Michael Jackson. Who's gonna be the next <laughs> whoever? But like you said, after that, if you put all your faith and your hope in that one leader, if something happens, it's finna unravel. But like you said, yeah. So if that's a good thing too. And it's good they're doing like the little chapters and stuff like that. But as far as infighting goes, for some reason, when you go into these leftist spaces, that's even like in the communist spaces. That's in the we feminist spaces. That's in the queer spaces. You try to do what's right. And if because you're so focused on this is the plan, this is the goal, you can sometimes get sidetracked by people. And it can you can easily follow, follow astray. I was going to actually say, uh, think about how... Like, in more recent history, how Bernie Sanders was, like, a huge person for us during the election. Uh, And how everyone was like, oh, Bernie, 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 Bernie. He's our leader. He's our leader. He's the person who we're going to be pushing behind. Everybody needs to be providing this to Bernie. Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Then he basically gave up on us again. And, so, and, and, and guess what? And then it was, well, you got to vote for Joe Biden now, like after that. And it was just like, are you serious right now? Like y'all are the most disgusting, non-moral having people I have ever in my in whole life dealt with. On top of that, like not just Bernie Sanders, but like whenever we put um, some kind of like celebrity whatever on people like AOC and Bernie Sanders specifically and the squad like they basically become um celebrities now in leftist spaces why like y'all don't need to be focusing on buying a t-shirt from AOC you need to be focused on the policies that these people are pushing and out going on a tangent but that that goes into it because the reason that there's so much fighting now is because people are calling out AOC and the squad and saying y'all ain't doing jack and just because of that, that will cause so much infighting yeah. that nobody's nobody's fighting for the stuff we need right now, which is a $2,000 stimulus every month and Medicare for all and reparations. Money will corrupt almost anybody. And I just want to say one more thing, if I can. Yeah, go ahead. White men have the formula. And it's, it's, I think it's in their G- DNA, right? They are the best followers on the planet they if, if like that's why they do so good in the military and they do so good in wartime with strategies and stuff like that because when, when they trust somebody as their leader they will mm-hmm. follow them off a cliff they'll like literally walk behind them until they land and break every bone in their body because they believe wow. that much in a, when they believe in somebody they don't they don't 
there, if think about all the white male spaces, and they don't have these same issues that what you call progressive spaces and leftist spaces, is because when they get behind somebody, they are going. That's how Hitler <laughs> became who he became. A whole bunch of white men said he's right, and then they followed him until destruction. Like that. That's this is how this yep. happens. These, I mean, these, look at Trump yeah. right now. Look at Trump. Exactly. These They'll folks still these, saying that my name yeah, will exa- ain't Exactly. They'll fo- white men will follow their leader anywhere. They don't. They don't care. They don't fight back. They will. They will just. Even though we see what's going on in Oregon right now, that's not. That's like a. a that's just them thinking we're paying homage to the founders of the, of the country. They were rebellious, so we can be rebellious too. That's still them mm-hmm. following who they deem to be their leaders. That's the. I don't know if y'all are hip to the three percent. That's pretty much. That's the woke. That's the super woke militant white people right there. The three percent feel like only it took three percent of them to, to take America from the British. So. Uh, wow. That, 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 like they, they have that thing down to a science, being soldiers and following instructions yeah. and going straight and just looking straight at the, at the goal. Yeah, they have, they, I, I don't know if everybody else needs to get like that, but I just know that that's the reason their movements don't fracture the same way everybody else's movements does. I think that part of that has to do with the power that they think that they hold. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, or even the power that they do hold in society, period. They think that, okay, well, I already have all this power. These people have already provided me this power. I've had the power since the beginning. There's no point in me not following this leader because uh, if I do continue to follow this white man, then I'm I'm just going to gain even more power. Why would I follow anyone else besides this random white dude that I want to follow? It, I, I think that has a lot to do with the power structure and things like that that we're currently in. I, I, that, that definitely could play its part too, because they have also, nothing to lose. Though they have, I mean, they literally have nothing to lose. They know nothing is going to systemically change for right. them to not be in power. With black folks, it's like, shoot, we we damn near making it now. We we barely making it. We trying to do something, so you you're fighting really hard for it, and you don't want anybody to derail it or whatever. And so it just everybody just on edge. <laughs> you you ain't got time to relax. Everybody just. We got to do this. We got to do, we got, you know, and it kind of, but yeah. Well, yeah, this was, the, this the was white... we went on a tangent. Yeah, but... we did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, that, this was a good discussion. I enjoyed this, Kilo. We didn't even Thank end y'all. up fighting this time. I'm disappointed. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, plug, uh, plug all your social media and your channel and all that stuff before we get out of here. Yes, please subscribe to Build and Destroy Daily on YouTube. It's my little DIY thing. Uh, new video coming within the next two days. And it's uh, Twitter, at the REG podcast on Twitter. And then my nonprofit website, www.broinc.org. Check me out. Thank you. All right. And uh, make sure you hit us up, KT at KT underscore does art, Gabby at Gabby's Music, G-A-B-B-E-A-T-S Music. Remember, all our social media has changed to at Building Our PWR. This is now the Building Our Power podcast, but, you know, we bring in the same talking out charm. All right, guys, that's it. Make sure you comment if you have something you'd like to add, share the episode, all that good stuff, and we're out.